Solar, I'm not quite sure what the better part of this episode is. The fact that we got to meet your really cool TV star buddy, mm-hmm. Anne Marie Laflame, or that you're afraid of dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that story. How would was... you rank the two in, in the, the highlights of the episode? Your fear of dolphins? Um, I think seeing and you guys meeting Anne Marie was, was the highlight. But um, Joe did take his opportunity to. Um, let everyone know about some of my fears. So objectively, she was great, but I mean that was probably the high water mark of the episode. So it's it's a tough call. So the lesson learned here is don't don't open your soul to Joe. I guess not. Because you will find it on the podcast. Anything you say will wind up on air. Yeah, well, Anne Marie was great. She stopped in. She's the morning news anchor for WXYZ, uh, ABC7 in Detroit. She stopped by on her way to Central Michigan to do a Special Olympics event. She was great to meet, a lot of fun to talk to. Yeah, and we talked about America's Most Wanted. Oh, Stephanie's Boyfriend. That's a good part, too. Yeah. Listen for that one. Yeah. That's a good part. And Dolphins. And Dolphins. Okay. You're listening to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Are we recording a new intro this season? Why? I'm just wondering. Are you saying that you've had enough of Sarah Humphrey? No, 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 no. I, mean, I, I love Sarah. I would like to be a part of the intro. I think that right. would be nice. Well, why don't we work that little line in? That was good. Yeah. I'll, I'll find a spot for it. Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by the Rush Strategies team about PR and public affairs. Really? I was distracted staring at Joe's Cold Oatmeal. Yeah, well, it's here. He's got it on his It's, it's always here. It's always here. And by the way, the, the, the ratio of like, fruit to disgusting get some disgusting stuff and some forget. There's nothing disgusting. One part What's, what, what in there is disgusting? I don't even know what's in it, but it, it looks like cucumber mash and maybe a couple of chopped apples. Did you have Burger King for breakfast? What was your... <laughs> okay, welcome back. Uh, this is Matt Resch of Resch Strategies, and you're listening to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Uh, we are a public affairs and a public relations firm based in Lansing, Michigan. You can find us at reststrategies.com. And, of course, we are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at reststrategies. Uh, you can also find us on all those fancy podcast services uh, like Apple Podcasts. And if you do, please subscribe there. Um, little hint, you get the, uh, each episode a little early if you go there. Uh, so I know for folks who are dying to get to 1.30 on Thursdays <laughs> for this to come out. <laughs> I'm being serious. <laughs> you can cut her off already, Joe. <laughs> no, I'm not even supposed to be here yet. <laughs> you can sign up and review. You can rate us and you can listen. Um, we also are, our podcast is also on Twitter at Cold Oatmeal Pod. We'll get to some Twitter polls in a minute, um, but I want to go through around the room quick and everyone can introduce themselves. We'll start over here to my right: Stephanie Vancouverine, Nikki O'Mara, Laura Beal, Nick DeLewis here, Joe Beshi. Okay, thank you all. Uh, quick, Nikki, any Twitter polls this week? What do they say? Zero. Zero Twitter what? polls. I don't know what happened. You tell me. <laughs> Our pollster must have gone to the island. Um, I guess so. Their... Asleep on the Did job. Did you think there were polls? <laughs> Aren't there always? I don't know. <laughs> who writes them? We still don't know who runs that account, so. Matt wakes up, he comes into the office in the morning, and someone mysteriously has added polls. It's like the the little dwarfs They're that great make the polls, shoes. They're great polls, though. The... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, well, we'll definitely need to come up for some polls for our guest this week. 
Um, I also wanted to send a quick thanks uh, to Nikki Sundstrom, who was our guest on our last episode. Um, Nikki was, or actually she is, the social media director for the University of Michigan and got a lot of good, a lot of feedback from people. And I think the feedback may be telling because I got notes from people saying how much they learned from mm-hmm. listening to her talk. One person even said it should be required listening for all people who do social media. That's awesome. Which makes me wonder about all the rest of our episodes <laughs> and how little people have learned about That's the subjects fine. we've talked about. That's fine. They don't all need to be. <laughs> I think That's it's great that we did it. Entertainment value is just as important right. as learning. But no, Nikki was great, and uh, we appreciate her having having her on and her coming uh, to the to talk with us. Um, so let's get into our guest uh, today. Anne Marie Laflame is our guest. She is a reporter and the morning news anchor for WXYZ ABC ABC Seven in Detroit. Anne Marie is a Southeast Michigan native uh, from Rochester Hills. Am I right? Correct. Correct. And she has seen her TV reporting career take her from 9 and 10 News in Cadillac to Fox 17 in Grand Rapids and now to WXYZ. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. This you got is the day fun. off this morning? You didn't have to get up? At, I slept in. What is sleeping in for someone who... You, so what time do you say you get up in the morning to do the morning news? I, my alarm goes off at 1.30, my, my first alarm. In the morning? Yes, 1.30 a.m. I have like 20 alarms set. <laughs> Two phones and they just go off because... Who knows when you're going to oversleep, but I can sleep in pretty good on my day off because I think I'm not an early, early riser, like 6 a.m., so I can sleep till 10 on my day really? off. I was up wow. at 8 this morning. What time do you need to be to work? You're up at 1.30. What 3.30. Th- okay, so two hours. Right. So walk us through that process from the time you get to the studios, what from the time you get there to the time you get on the air to the time you head, head home. What's that, what's that time like? I... Typically, we have our first meeting at 3.45, so I'm prepped for that at 3.30. I'm in, knowing what's going on, kind of talking about things. And then it's kind of just go, go, go. Mic's on. We have to be in place by 4.20, ready for our first hit. And then I'm on for four and a half hours straight. We have our microphones hot all the time. We have this system. It's an automated system. So if I, like crunch too hard someone can hear it even if I'm not on camera so we literally have to get our microphones muted in order to leave the studio and like have a bathroom break so it's just non-stop once you're how often there, do people not mute their microphones when they go to the bathroom that well we don't have the ability to even do it ourselves oh, good. we have okay. to have the director do it and then they can still hear us so that's creepy cool. not, <laughs> not a lot of privacy yeah I was going to say we should get microphones like that for the podcast until you said that. And I thought, well, no. maybe we don't <laughs> no, want thanks. Joe, we don't want Joe having to listen to that all, all day. <laughs> all <Pass>. day. <laughs> so you can. So you can sleep in then on days when you have. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, I could lay on this floor right now and probably <laughs> sleep for three hours. <laughs> I, I don't get a lot of sleep. So when I can, I'm ready. <laughs> so I was noticing and reading about you. You seem to have a real interest in crime. <laughs> not did, committing it. Not committing it. Reporting it. You did. Yes. You did West Michigan's Most Wanted when yeah. you were in Grand Rapids, and now you're doing Detroit's Most Wanted. Where Where does this interest in crime come from? Does it come naturally? It does come naturally. It's part of being a journalist and reporting on what's happening and making a change with what I'm 
able to do. When I started this in Grand Rapids, there is an awesome journalist. His name's David Rose. He's in Seattle. And he worked with John Walsh from America's Most Wanted. So when he started this in Seattle, he kind of inspired me to do this in West Michigan. So we started it there. It was like an hour show. And we would feature, you know, if someone was grabbing the money from the tip jar or something at a restaurant, we'd cover it all. And when I came to Gra- to Detroit from Grand Rapids, I wanted to do something that really brought us all together because it was such an incredibly tense political climate with the media law enforcement, the community, all kind of at each other. and There's not a lot of trust. And this is one thing where we can just get it all together and we have one common goal. And it's working. It's empowering people. It's empowering, you know, law enforcement to feel like people want to help them. But then people are also trusting to tell them things as well. And that will give them the facts. Like I'd never put anything out there that would ever make us not able to convict someone once they are caught because that doesn't serve the purpose. So it's been pretty cool. Yeah. So there, has there ever been a moment in your reporting where you've been afraid? You've been in a situation or like, do you ever follow, have you followed cops on busts and stuff like that? Or you, yeah. And then yeah. you thought, Oh man, I, why am I here? I shouldn't be. No, here. goodness. No, that's, I've seen because there are is, pictures of you on Facebook with bulletproof vests. I love on, it. Yeah. So. And, and they protect me. I, I work with the U S marshals and I, th- I always tell my mom because she freaks out. I'm the safest I ever am when I'm around those guys. They are so tough and strong. And I think my my respect for law enforcement is so great because the second you're in that car and they go to tackle the bad guys and, and get everything done and I get to like stand by the car or whatever, I that respect. I'm the glad that I'm the one that's in the car. And they'll say, okay, if shots are ever fired, you want to get behind a car engine or a tree. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of daunting, but, you know, they're amazing. Would you say you're a thrill seeker? No. That's what that sounds like to me. It really <laughs> you jumped off a building. Me too. Yeah. yeah, the you building thing. Building. Building. The building. 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 People will give you so much money to do stupid stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like my polar plunge, that repelling. No, I had no desire to do it whatsoever, but it raised a ton of money for a good cause. So that's that's why I do what I do, and I feel really privileged to be able like that anyone even cares, I'm going to go off building. So did that come up in a production meeting or, or did that no, come out of the Everything the I do in the community is, is all me. Um, the station will support it, but they would never tell me I have to repel off of a building. I have worked with this organization called Gigi's Playhouse. It's a Down Syndrome Achievement Center for a couple of years. It was just their brainchild and they had to get $100,000 in order to open it. And we just cut the ribbon on in January. So it's open and it's really providing an opportunity for families who are first getting that diagnosis and then giving their children the education that they don't always get provided in schools, job skills, learning to read. And I just love this organization, and I love these people. So when they said, will you repel off a building to raise money? I said, not for anyone else. And we raised over $125,000. So it was wow. certainly worth it. Yeah. How many stories were that? Was that? How many? 26. 
I'm the biggest Laura, scaredy cat. <laughs> would you do that, Laura? No, I would not. Um, I would make my Laura own donation pet a instead. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You don't have to. You throw pet a dolphin. <laughs> you don't have to throw stories. I tell you back in my face on the air. Is Joe. A story? You have What's to get your feet wet to pet a dolphin. <laughs> no, I, it's not a problem. Okay. <laughs> We're moving something. on. Are you afraid uh, of dolphins? Laura went on a cruise. <laughs> and, and See, now the journalist the is into this idea. Yeah. She's, she's going to ask questions. The story I heard. Yesterday. Uh, yesterday. That I kind of conf- remember. In the confidence of two colleagues well, working together. Yeah, but I mean, she never said, don't tell me whatever. <laughs> you were on a cruise. Laura was on a cruise. And uh, there was some like dolphin petting like stingray thing. An excursion. Yep. Yeah. And... Um, some she, Laura's in line to do it, and some like little five year old kid goes and does it right before, and has like the time of her life. That part you could have left out. <laughs> and then, well, it's Laura's turn, and she gets in, and the dolphin's coming, and she's like, just Whoa. yes. I turned out. to I turned to Jimmy and said, I don't want to do this. I changed my mind. He's like, No, we're doing this. <laughs> I I like the idea of being a thrill seeker until yeah. it's until time the to do it, is there. and then I'm scared. So yeah. Anne Marie, would you pet a dolphin? Would that be okay? <laughs> with you? I don't. I would. She draws the I love line. That that. Or is that where like, you draw the line? We paid for this. You pet right. that fish. That's Let's exactly go. it. That's exactly <laughs> it. Oh my gosh, so funny. Like, you said it, stingray at first. That's actually scary. You know, well, I did that stingrays too. Stingrays are nice. I, I did that they too, and I that terrified yeah. me. I wouldn't. I do you know that's personally. I love that. I do. Yeah, I've done that. That doesn't freak you out. I can't believe this. I have not done sharks like that. I did it by accident. I'm never invited again. <laughs> it's the laughing crying. It's okay. Not not, not full tears. I've not had reliving, that at other times. Not reliving the fear of flipper swimming by your feet. True. So, so $125,000 for the, the playhouse. Yeah. You're welcome, Laura. And then you, you also do a lot of work with Special Olympics and Down Syndrome organizations. Yeah, so Special Olympics is amazing. I went to Central Fire Up Chips, and that's the home of uh, Special Olympics Michigan. So I have been able to work with them since college, which has been 10 years. Laura and I were talking about that earlier today. And it's awesome. I'm going to the state summer games, and... It's my favorite weekend of the year. I have a group of friends that I've done this with for 10 years, and it's just it's just pure happiness and good and fun and encouragement. And I always, like, sob on my drive home from Mount Pleasant because I'm just so overwhelmed. I'm, like, so grateful, and everything was so special, and then I'm thinking of all of these moments, and it's such a good reality check, you know? Well, I know you can't believe everything you see on TV, but you seem to really be connected to these sorts of groups. Like it, it seems personal. Is there, I mean, what brings you to this? What brings you to that sort of work? Nick's bought in. He I'm believes that he <laughs> believes you're genuine. Right. He's going to ask you about broccoli. Anyway. Broccoli? <laughs> you don't need, it's, it's, it's a bad reference to a previous podcast that you don't need to worry about. Um, I, I, like I said before, you know, I think I really feel like that's part of why I went into this. And I like to tell those kinds of stories where it's actually going to make a change. It's going to help people. It's going to do things. And not because I'm like this great person, but that's like the responsibility when you're put in this kind of position, you know, to, to use it to help people. I think that's just pretty pretty much the way it is. It's what I like to do. I mean, I get to grow up and I get to go to all of my favorite college hangout spots and bars and eat pizza and hang out with awesome people. So I'm not, you know, this martyr doing that. <laughs> but at the same time, you this adds to your n- basically never sleeping because 
you're on the air early in the morning. And then in addition to the events we already talked about, you MC like every single awesome charity event around Metro Detroit. I mean, you don't have any time for yourself. I don't have a or social life. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's kind of what, I meant it in a nice way. No, I totally get it. People say that all the time. You know, if it's something I can do, I'm going to do it. I had to kind of back off on the late night weekday events as I'm stumbling into work with an hour and a half of sleep. But, you know, if it's if it's a possibility, I, I can't see why not. I was going to ask you how you balance. I'm sure you get tons of requests. Like I would think all the, a number of the, the TV personalities in Detroit will get get requests to do those kinds of things. Do you have any how do you how do you figure out what you're going to do and what you have to say no to? Are it just you, depends on the organization and things I care about and I'm passionate about. There's a lot of things that I'll do behind the scenes. So that makes, you know, emceeing something really easy because I love and care about the organization. I really just feel privileged to do that. Like playing in a golf out and going to the Special Olympic State Summer Games. It's what I like to do, honestly. And I have a lot of friends with the same interests. So it's kind of like my social life as well. And it's just what I like to do. So you're an athlete. You're a high jumper at Central. Is that right? Yes. Track yes. Did you ever have a desire or thought about going into sports journalism? No. No. Nope. No passion there. I like to watch football. <laughs> you like to jump. But that, yeah. That, that, isn't that such a weird thing? Like, who does that? He's like, I want to jump over a bar backwards. <laughs> It's like such an Anne Marie thing. So quirky and strange. Well, and you are tall. I mean, uh, it makes yes. sense. It I, would, I'm large. It would totally freak Laura out. No, I'm just short. It would not be something I'd have the ability to do. Okay, so pole vault it is. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So, um, let me... Go ahead. The awkward silence. Yeah, I, I feel it. Like do you have, like, a cricket that. thing? Yeah, cricket, yeah, we can cricket. put that in there. So, I want to ask, not necessarily a serious question, but you've been in the TV business about 10 years, right? Yeah. Right around 10. So, you've got somewhere of 10,000 followers on Twitter, 13,000 on Facebook. Has the interaction of fans on Facebook for someone who's on TV every day, has that changed over the 10 years? Oh, goodness. The, kind of com- the comments you must get from people. Oh, are- well, that, yes. But the importance is, I'll tell you, when I had my first job at 9 and 10, Facebook was blocked in the news station. <laughs> now it's legitimately part of my review and my plan and what I have to do. So it's done a complete 180 so how much time do you have to spend focusing on that a day or you just take always always? it is always it's constant it's non-stop and it's never enough that's the kind of thing about it is replying and posting and there really is no cutoff of you're supposed to not post or do this or that as much as possible we're supposed to be constantly interacting now, are you actually interacting with the people? Do you are, are you reading what people are saying, or are you just posting things? Because I have to imagine someone, someone in the the public light like you are on TV, you probably get some pretty. Oh, there are things. so many creeps. Yeah, there's so <laughs> many creeps. I mean, we can just tell it like it is, right? Facebook, yeah. There's a lot on Facebook. There's Instagram, Twitter. Well, we had we had earlier on this this season Ahmed Baji, who's a meteorologist from up in Flint, from Channel 25, and he we didn't get to this on the podcast, but he was talking about. The comments he gets, but then comments he gets about his wife on Twitter. He says she's not even on TV. But these are things people are saying. When I, when I predict the, the snow wrong, they say horrible things about me and my wife. I no, just, I think 
what I'm most proud of in coming to Detroit and having the job that I had um, is people are going to judge and they're going to judge me on my appearance from the day I walk in. And when I first started, a lot of that, a lot of people from every single thing I wear to my hair to how I talk to what I say. And in the past four years, the women who would be so brutal are kind of like my biggest supporters now they see that I'm real they see that women can empower each other and how important that is and breaking that stereotype has been really important and helping other young women in journalism as well because it's a tough business still I have to ask a very important question yes ma'am where do you get all your dresses that you wear on the air? Because I swear my old coworker Kelly and I used to talk about how we were certain you never wore the same dress twice. Oh, that's so sweet. I, I do, but I, <laughs> I shop wherever. I get whatever's on sale, TJ Maxx, Marshalls. I'll buy things online sale. Macy's has really good clearance. Wow, so you really go and take the time and buy all of those dresses. Yeah, I order online a lot. That impresses Once you know me. your size, you just shop. Amazon has a lot of good dresses. <laughs> you just order them, and they come, and you hope they fit. I was certain you did one of those services. Yeah, where like they rent the runway you. or something. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I... But then I saw you cut the sleeves off a dress <laughs> one day, so I was like, mm, maybe not. <laughs> I, I'm like, what does not have dog hair on it in the morning? When you wake up that early, I never have like a problem. What am I going to wear? I just put something on. It's fine. So you wake up and you pick out your own dress and you do your own hair and your own makeup and then you go? Yeah. Because a lot of times, well, I don't know a lot of times, but sometimes I, I wonder if the women are doing their own hair, makeup, styling, everything like that because the men wear the same thing every single day and nobody pays attention. Right. But the women have this extra pressure. Oh, there's definitely a pressure. If you watch from 4.30 until probably 6, I hope my boss is not listening, I get progressively <laughs> much better looking because like, during commercial breaks, I'll do my hair and yeah. put on mascara. And yeah. sometimes you just are throwing things together, especially if there's breaking news. So I don't know. I don't think you can take yourself too seriously. And maybe it's because people can be crazy with social media and comment everything. It, it just it doesn't affect me. And I just want to do a good job and connect with people. And I think it's working. So do you have a sense when you go to bed what you're going to be talking about when you wake up? Or is it any kind of planning the, the day before? I mean, obviously, you probably have guests and people come on that you know are coming. But as far right. as what the news is going to be, you have, you wake up and learn about it like everybody else does. You just get there a couple hours early. and Yeah. That's, that's kind of cool about morning news is we get to filter those things out and help people start their days. Uh, I was an 11 o'clock anchor in Grand Rapids. So it was much tougher, much more crime. And morning's fun because we get to weave in some good, happy, positive things. And I get to really think about what are the families at home thinking? What are they thinking when they wake up? How are we going to say that that's appropriate? My nephews are at home watching, and I don't want them to hear something that, Mommy, what's this? Or that could scare them. So we have to be real. We have to be transparent. But... We also have to take into consideration the time of day as families are getting ready for school. So there's always things on the schedule if there's, you know, a big address or there's a big court case or something that we'll know about. But when things break, that's just kind of how they are. What I like about news is there's not as much planning when it comes to that and you just do it. And if it's bad, it's bad. And you just hope it's good. And it's kind of the fun of it. Is there a moment you can remember when something huge broke when you were doing the morning news? You thought this is this is the biggest story that I've that's broken while I'm on air that I have to handle live. 
I well, I think the the CMU shooting. Okay. Um, we weren't on air. I went on air for about two hours live and just covered it. And it was it was a really a passionate thing for me because I love that university so much and I could see myself and I know these things and it was so scary because it was such a fluid situation for so long but I was also really proud to be able to bring that to people because I know my parents would have been at home beside themselves right you have to tell people what's happening so I think that's probably that one's just gonna stay with me because you do a lot of things but that one I really cared about did you always want to do this? Was this, was this always your career ambition to be a news no. no. What'd you? I just fell into it. So you didn't go to Central like thinking this no. is what you're... Really? Okay. Not at all. I went for track. Okay. I had no idea what I wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But when we have our brightest and best and we have all these like valedictorians and the smartest kids in the whole world at the station we, we bring them all in so it's just like all of these really smart people together and everyone's asking them what are they doing and they're like I'm gonna be a neuroscientist astronaut physicist calculate like they say things I don't even know what they are it's amazing I always say you don't have to know it's okay like there's so much pressure on kids right you try and push them the other way be undecided I do and their parents are like <laughs> but for real, I think there's so much pressure and, and who knows, you're not going to find what you love if you're so set on at such a young age on doing that. But some people are lucky enough. I just didn't. So how did you stumble into it? I really love journalism. I love writing. And you know, you go to college and you take all of the core classes, loved the, the business school there, loved the uh, communications and broadcasting school. So I started taking more classes. I wanted to, I actually wanted to do newspaper. Um, I graduated college in 2009, which was such a really difficult economic time for us. And what advertising was the first thing people pulled and everyone thought newspapers were going to be a thing of the past. So my professors really encouraged me to get that education and TV as well. So I'd be able to eat. And <laughs> that's it's so weird because it's all just kind of, you know, one thing into another. So was was Cadillac your first stop? It was. Yeah. That's got to be a, a challenging station to work for because the, it covers so much so it's, geography. It's, yeah, it's the largest geographical yeah, television market in the country. Is it? I know yeah, it's so it's the top half of the lower peninsula and then the upper peninsula. So, yes, very tough. I did everything myself. Shot all of my own video, drove four hours to cover a craft show, um, <laughs> you know, edited everything, put it all together. So... I've always found doing events in that part of the state to be su such a crapshoot because you're like, well, I can't control what might be happening at some other corner of the right. <laughs> the northern oh, peninsula yeah. that, we, that you, they might be covering instead. And there was no cell service really when I was up there in northern. I mean, you still kind of lose service up there, right? Mm -hmm. I had a BlackBerry when I went up there. And so I'm printing out MapQuest oh, yeah. directions. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like County Road 332. I'm just, like, praying I'm going in the right direction. And you kind of wing it. But it was an incredibly good growing experience for me up there. I was on my own with my dog, Jacob. And we explored. And we were poor. And <laughs> it just makes you become scrappy and really appreciate things and what you have and outdoors. And it's pretty cool. What's your most embarrassing live TV moment? Hmm. Please relive it. <laughs> I am she can't say anything real. She has to be like, um, 
No. I, I work too hard. I I no, didn't like do on, that. On camera, like, like <laughs> moment, like oh my god, I can't believe that just happened. On I'm TV. oh gosh. You know what? I think that I'm really I'm pretty transparent on TV. So what you see is what you get, and I, I embarrass myself every single day. Someone asked me the other day, "Have you ever messed up on air?" I'm like every like 15 <laughs> minutes. Ah, uh, most embarrassing. Oh my gosh. You guys, I do embarrassing things every single day. I one time when I was in Lake County covering a story, forgot where I was, and I was reporting live in, reporting, reporting live in, reporting <laughs> live in. Back to you. In Michigan, Michigan, yes. Seriously, I'm here. I'm just live. That's all you need to know. So that was pretty embarrassing, forgetting where I was. But don't worry, like turn on the TV on Monday. I promise I will impress you with the silliest. I think the good part is that you own it. I think my favorite, and it was only, it was semi-recent, was when they caught you singing when they were playing a song on air. And then all of a sudden they flashed back to you guys at the desk. And she was just basically doing karaoke at the desk. Yeah, and but no, the most embarrassing part about that was we do a digital download, daily download every day where we play a song and kind of give a little background. And then we go to a tower cam where you can see our city and kind of bump out with the music. So it was boys to men, I'll make love to you. <laughs> and, and we go to the tower cam and that's like one of those songs, right? Like I know kind if you're sad. in your car, you're like yeah. throwing your hands up. So I did. And then they put that on TV. <laughs> well, luckily for all of us, none of this will be on TV. Uh, yeah. But we appreciate you coming by and doing the podcast. Make it stop on your way to Central. Yeah, thanks Very for nice having me. You. This has been fun. Yeah. You guys are awesome. Yeah. Anne Marie Laflame of WXYZ TV in Detroit has been our guest, and we will be right back. So my first boyfriend ever, the first boy I ever kissed, was on America's Most Wanted. <laughs> when you kissed him? What? No. <laughs> no, he was. He was. Was it because he kissed you? No, no. It was. It was a hard town. She was like the screaming girlfriend. Get away from my man! Get away from my man! <laughs> like dragged him from the dragged him from the house. You know it. <laughs> no, he was my boyfriend in seventh and eighth grade, and he was got into some bad stuff. And he ended up um, dead in a drug bus. And, whoa. Awesome story. There's still so many questions I have. He, so he was featured on America's Most Wanted. Yes. But died. Well, he America's died. No, he died. And his death was part of what they were trying to figure out. They were trying to figure out, like, who was it? Because he was in somebody's house. It was a drug bust gone wrong, and somebody came in and, and shot them all. It was, it was the cartel? It was the cartel. Oh, so that, that was the most wanted person they were looking for, the guy who killed right. him. Right. He wasn't the guy they were looking for. No. I think oh. 
um, there was another one of the guys that I dated in early. <laughs> it, he's in jail. Um, it Does was Dyke know all this stuff? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like he he got arrested for a lot of different things, and he's in jail, as far as I know, still in prison, incarcerated in Florida. So I Stephanie, so Stephanie went crazy, you, and then you, she went to like straight laced insurance right. lobbyists. <laughs> I'm gonna slow down here, pump <laughs> the brakes on this <laughs> crazy guys man who thing. break the law to the attorney. <laughs> well, it was more of a progression than that, but but <laughs> Bangor is kind of. There was a time when it was kind of a tough town, and there were a lot of drugs that I I was a teacher's kid, and so I didn't even know this stuff was going on until I was out of high school and moved way beyond and then all of these guys that I used to go with you know with air quotes they all started dropping and going to prison and stuff and so I said to a friend of mine after graduation I'm like what was going on and she's like oh yeah you didn't know we were all getting high in the high school parking lot and you were (laughs) you were a teacher's kid and we couldn't tell you or include you because you were you would have ratted us out and I probably would have so it's just as well do you know did the show ever find justice for your dead boy Boyfriend? You know, I'm going to look that up after after this is over with. I'm going to get online and see if I can find out if they found the guy that did it. What wow. a remarkable More time. on that wow. next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's the story that just we should have We should have put Anne-Marie on that. Could've, she could have. Yeah. yeah. She could figure it out. Bangers most wanted. A lot of yeah. hunky bad boys and banger. Who, who knew? <laughs> Bangor. <laughs> Bangor. You have to say it <laughs> Bangor. <laughs> <laughs> And it yeah. wasn't even Matt messing it up. <laughs> I don't think Joe messed it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that was that was really interesting times. It's a great story. Classic Stephanie story. Yeah. Classic Stephanie. That's redefining classic. <laughs> yeah. The things I never knew. Well, thanks for hooking us up with Anne-Marie. You're with, welcome. With Flamme. <laughs> You didn't want to say your name wrong to her face. <laughs> I am surprised. I, I I was surprised that that's her real name. I am too. Yeah. That's such a great name. That it's a, it's a made for TV name. Yeah, uh, I don't know how no one before college told her you should be on TV with a name like that. She's got yeah. kind of a Cameron Diaz vibe. Yeah. In real life. Well, she was fun. Yeah. She was fun. She's a very fun person. I like her. Yeah. So who's next? Do we know? We don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not in charge of that. <laughs> I have no idea. We'll I figure think, out something. Yeah. One more? One more. One more. One more for season two. All right. Okay, we put the marker out there now. We got to deliver. Yeah. <laughs> we got to go out with a bang. Okay. Well, on that note, Anne-Marie LaFlame of Channel 7 in Detroit was our guest. Thank you very much for being here. Uh, for Joe and Nick, Laura, Nikki, and Stephanie, this is Matt Resch, the Resch Strategies crew. Thanks for listening to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. <laughs>